SEO, as it's kind of classically taught or classically thought of, is about optimization and maintenance. It's about platform health. It's about technical fixes. It's about best practice. And honestly, senior leadership teams don't get excited about that, right? So it's just not exciting, right? It's very difficult for a senior executive team to be like, this year, we are going to invest in paying down our technical debt. It's like, that just doesn't happen, right? Um, and and you see that on the product side too, right? Product teams get frustrated that they can't pay down their technical debt, that they can't fix those foundational things. And so you have to put it in more of a growth frame. You have to somehow relate the work that you're doing back to these big pillars, these big forward-looking projections companies are interested in. This is the the beginnings of developing those soft skills is just paying attention to the wider context, right? Looking for those clues of what are the second-order effects of the things you're working on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreading Sundays. I'm your host, Daniel K. Chung. And in episode number 12, we have the one and only Tom Critchlow joining us from New York. Why don't you say hi, Tom, and introduce yourself to us? Thanks, Daniel, for having me on the show. Um, I'm Tom, as you said, um, originally from England. Uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth uh, when I first started doing SEO back in the day. I've uh, been living in Brooklyn, New York for about a decade now, and uh, most recently launched the SEO MBA, which has um, been uh, a fun adventure in uh, running a newsletter, building a course business, doing lots of fun things. So, um, yeah, excited to be here. And the reason why you are here is because I first came to know you through your SEO MBA newsletter. And then subsequently, I convinced my then boss to buy your course. And this is interesting because I I kind of did an MBA. I kind of, okay. I mean, I, I had one semester left. I had four electives remaining in finance. And I was like, I'm done. This is not for me. I don't want to be an investment banker. Not that there would anyone, not that they would hire me with my grades anyway. And so walk me through why you've called yours the SEO MBA. Yeah. Um, well, it's a funny story because it's um, it's not a certified MBA program and it's also not really about SEO. Um, so calling it the SEO MBA is kind of funny. Um, but I called it that because I the, the kind of pitch for the SEO MBA is that it is teaching business skills to SEO professionals. And um, that's kind of the perception I think people have of the SEO MBA. Um, I was kind of inspired a little bit by Seth Godin's Alt-MBA, if you're familiar, but um, a kind of rebellious take on uh, traditional education. And um, yeah, I really wanted to, to laser in on that uh, skill set and um, kind of mindset of understanding businesses, understanding uh, people skills, organizational change, um, some of those things that I think, uh, at least in my eyes, were very much missing from the kind of SEO discourse. Um, and I also see it just deeply valuable skills. Um, and so that was kind of the driving force. Um, it was also a domain name that was available. Uh, and so, you know, here we are. Lovely. And, and I love how you mentioned people skills, because when we look at the regular SEO discourse, whether it's from the usual publications or Twitter or LinkedIn, it's really about that. Like sometimes we touch upon prioritization, which sometimes has mm -hmm. to do with communication, but it's all about, you know, ranking factors. I, I'm, I shouldn't have even said that, but stuff like that. It's always about the tactics or quick wins, stuff like that. But, you know, from three and a half years of agency, my takeaway was it, it's all about client communications. It's about stakeholder engagement. It's how do you convince someone to do something, not here are a thousand problems. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I think I, I don't really want to kind of rag on the existing uh, SEO writing and discourse too much because I think that it's true of every industry, which is that the people that are producing content and writing are um, 
generally the more junior folks, generally the kind of folks who are um, sharing tactics and skills, which they've learned. Um, it's easier to write about that stuff. Um, it's, it's more concrete. Um, and, you know, but as somebody who's you've been around a little bit, I've got a few gray hairs now um, that I didn't used to have. Um, I, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a position to share some of those the more senior level skills and to talk about some of these things that, again, I think are kind of missing uh, from what people are talking about. But I, I have seen firsthand how important they are, um, both in my own consulting work and my own you know, client work, uh, but also from working with clients to build out SEO teams. You know, a lot of my consulting work actually involves hiring teams for clients. And uh, so I've done a lot of recruitment over the years and, you know, screening senior level SEO professionals. I just find time and time again that the biggest skills gap is not the competency, the technical competency. Um, it is the leadership and communication and business skills. And so that's kind of really where, where I've been spending my time focusing. Let's put a price anchor on this. Like US market, very different everywhere else, but I think numbers are important. For when we're talking about junior to mid-level to you know five years experience before you go into leadership from your experience what what's the salary gap between that yeah i mean i hesitate to talk about this so concretely um i know i put this in a recent uh, seo mba email but i think that um there is obviously a wide wide range when we talk about salaries in different situations but i think that if you're working at an agency you're gonna have a really hard time crossing that kind of 100k mark without developing some soft skills. And, and by soft skills, um, I mean the good stuff, right? I'm, I'm kind of biased, but you know, soft skills, I mean like uh, uh, communication skills and um, uh, that is both kind of externally to clients, but also internally within the agency, um, you know, building out uh, your kind of um, uh, sales skills and the ability to actually pull in clients to the agency. Um, you know, th the folks that I've seen who have progressed beyond that in the technical skills and become technical experts, end up as kind of senior individual contributors or senior technical experts. And that that salary just caps out at some point, right? Um, and you know, agencies really thrive on two things. One is bringing in clients and two is retaining those clients and expanding those clients. And technical competency actually has relatively little bearing on that um, at the end of the day. Um, you know, you obviously need technical competency and it's great that, that folks enjoy that. But um, in terms of being kind of useful to the bottom line of the place where you work, um, it's the, the softer skills that really matter. When you go in-house, um, I think there are actually, um, you can earn a bit more as a, as a purely kind of technical specialist. Um, the people that I've seen with the kind of the, the highest salaries as an individual contributor tend to have a very supportive environment around them, right? They tend to have a VP or head of product, maybe somebody who is kind of like shielding them from the organizational politics and the communication issues and is letting them just purely focus on technical SEO. And so there are a couple of those roles that are more senior. You can get up to like 150, maybe 175 um, as a kind of pure individual con contributor technical specialist um, in-house. Um, like I said, those roles are not necessarily common and they require that supportive environment. So it's um, not necessarily a great position to be in. Um, but the flip side of that is that uh, you know, I've seen folks cross the 250 mark, right? $250,000 um, uh, when you build out the the, the managerial skill set, right? When you can run a team, when you can uh, lead projects, when you can be part of an executive team, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that upside in-house in particular is almost uncapped, right? Um, you can get more and more senior and more and more uh, growth out of it. Obviously, on the, on the agency side, I think all salaries cap out a little bit earlier, Um just because of the nature of the business. You know, the agencies are typically not as good businesses. <laughs> to, 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 they don't throw off as much cash uh, as other kinds of businesses. But um, 
Yeah, but you know, I, I think the the point here, you know, beyond the numbers, is just that if you really want to level up your career past the kind of mid career level, right? If you really want to get those senior roles, whether you're agency or in house, um, I think you've got to build up those 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 skill sets, right? And and again, that's why the SEO MBA. That's the reason for being is is I, I want to talk about all of those things. Okay, so let's say in house you're an SEO manager or agency you're like consultant or you have senior somewhere in your title. How do you start moving on to the next rung of the ladder, which will require more soft skills? How do you even begin to learn those and demonstrate them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> the self-serving answer is they have a course for that, <laughs> uh, which is, which is uh, you know, obviously not really the right answer. Um, uh, I think the most important thing is to just look at the context of the work that you're in. Right. So whatever kind of project you're engaged in, whether that is in-house uh, as, a, as a particular kind of technical initiative or whether it's agency side for a particular client project, trying to, to force yourself to look at the broader context of, of where that work is landing. Right. Um, and, you know, that that starts with not only considering the immediate recipient of the work, people that you're delivering the work to, but who they report to how that work is going to actually impact other teams inside the organization. And you can kind of follow that thread, keep tugging on that thread all the way up to what are the strategic priorities of the company right now, right? And this applies whether you're agency in-house, right? It's really just asking that question of, if you ask the CEO of the organization what the three things they care about right now are, like, what are they, right? And if you don't know, that's interesting, right? So, okay, that's a gap for you to go and do some discovery, try and figure out what those things are. Um, if you do know what those things are, then you've got to ask yourself, is the project that I'm working on supporting one of those big initiatives or not, right? And this is the beginning, I think, of the light bulb moment that I see people go through when they're like, oh, right, if I'm not working on one of those three things, or if I'm not supporting one of those three things, um, I'm obviously not going to get all the budget and buy-in and attention that I want, right? And I think that um, this is um, a core problem for SEO in particular, because so much of SEO, as it's kind of classically taught or classically thought of, is about optimization and maintenance. It's about platform health. It's about technical fixes. It's about best practice. Um, and honestly, senior leadership teams don't get excited about that, right? Um, so th they should, right? Sometimes there are big gains to be had. We all know this, right? But um, they don't, it's just not exciting, right? It's very difficult um, for a senior executive team to be like this, yeah, we are going to invest in paying down our technical debt. It's like, that just doesn't happen, right? Um, and, and you see that on the product side too, right? Product teams get frustrated that they can't pay down their technical debt, that they can't fix um, those foundational things. And so you have to put it in more of a growth frame. You have to somehow relate the work that you're doing back to these big pillars, these big uh, forward-looking projections um, that companies are interested in. So that's kind of, sorry, this is a very long answer to your question, but this is the the beginnings of developing those soft skills is just paying attention to the wider context, right? Looking for those clues of what are the second order effects of the things you're working on. Um, you know, I uh, sometimes I, I run this exercise with folks who are uh, on the agency side in particular and just say, okay, let's look at the last 12 months of, uh, of work that you've done for various clients. Let's look at every recommendation you made and let's look at how many of them got implemented. And, and th that kind of win rate, that kind of batting average is... Um, often the beginnings of that growth, right? the beginning of that transformation into realizing, oh, right, so much, so much of what I'm recommending is not making it live, right? It's not getting done. And then you've got this, okay, well, how do I get a better batting rate? How do I, how do I 
recommend things that are more likely to get implemented. So again, there are these kind of tools or ways of thinking that I think unlock people into into um, those things because so many of these soft skills are not actually that hard to learn once you know they're important, once you know to look for them. Uh, but it's that it's that realizing they're important, which is the most important step. I love it. And thank you for such a long-winded response because that, that gives us a lot of context to work with. Now, you mentioned soft skills a few times. What, in your opinion, what are the most essential soft skills? That's a hard question to answer. Uh, it depends a little bit on your context, right? Um, some organizations are highly political, and so you have to really think about the kind of people skills in its purest sense, um, the kind of politicking, for want of a better work. Um, that, that work can be very important. Um, I think communication is always important. Um, and the, the SEO industry in particular uh, uh, often fails at good communication, especially good business communication. You know, thinking like, how do we put a business plan together for the work that we're recommending? Um, how do we present confidently and clearly to a, a senior leadership team? Um, communication matters. Uh, leadership matters if you have a team or if there are, you know, if you're kind of trying to oversee or implement work that is beyond just the SEO scope, right? If you're trying to lead a, even a, a design team or a development team or a content team, your leadership matters. Um, you know, I think a lot of those things uh, uh, can come into play. But I think um, communication is probably the one that I would have to have to say is most important. If I had to like stick a stick a pin in one of the list, I'll I'll hundred percent agree. And that's kind of how my own salary at the agency side grew was doing internal comms first, or maybe it was external comms. I don't remember, but either way, communication had a long way to go. And, right. And yes, you're right. It's like as SEOs, we we everything is an SEO problem, but the client doesn't see it that way. And their bosses and their bosses and the shareholders, they don't care about any of that stuff. It's where is the bottom line? How are we going to increase it? What is this SEO? We don't care. Right. <laughs> but maybe totally. they do. It's 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 framing it in a way, well, I'm just rehashing your course, so we don't have to do that. <laughs> There'll just be a link to your course. <laughs> but I guess my next question is when it comes to let's say you've got a few years of experience. And you're looking to where your career can go. What does director or VP of head of actually mean? And how can you find out what they mean? Was they mean different things to different orgs? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that that is a great question. And I think increasingly the SEO industry, in fact, is kind of um, fragmenting itself or kind of unbundling into lots of different disciplines. There's lots of different pathways that you can go down now, right? Um, I think if you are on the technical path then you can actually end up inside the product team. Um, I think you know, roles like SEO product manager are kind of new kinds of roles that certainly didn't, didn't exist um, you know, maybe five years ago. Um, on the editorial side, SEO editor is a new kind of role. And I'm thinking particularly there for like media organizations. Right? The New York Times has SEO editors, and um, that might not sound like a big deal, but the editor, that editor role, inside a, a news organization is huge, right? That's that's like being a PM inside a tech organization, right? Where you're paid more than everyone else and you have more power than everyone else. Um, and so I think that you've got a few more pathways. Um, you know, so again, when you get to like head of VP um, level, one of the most important things you can do is find a network. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of different SEO communities out there, but I think I would encourage you to try and find other people in similar, similar situations or similar um, backgrounds, uh, similar industries that you can talk to. Um, you know, I think that certainly when we talk about things like salary information and so on, um, it's it's super useful to have somebody in your corner to be like, hey, I just got a job offer and it's for this much. Does that sound reasonable, right? Um, 
that's difficult information to share on Twitter. Um, I mean, you can try and some people do, but um, I think you, uh, it's great to have a kind of private uh, network of folks. And so I think um, I've been a big advocate for this as an independent in particular of, you know, now that I work for myself, I don't have colleagues and I don't have a boss. Um, and so it's been really important for me to find a, a, a network of peers, um, people that I can ask for advice, people that I can give advice to, people I can chit chat with, share problems with. Um, and I think that the more senior you get, the more valuable it is to have that actually um, across various different folks in different roles. Um, and I think that you can start building that before you need it, right? And your early mid career, you can start to build that network around you. Um, I think people especially in the SEO industry, you know, kind of SEO Twitter gets a bad rep sometimes, right? People are like, ah, I don't want to be a part of SEO Twitter. It's all nonsense. And it's like, you, you know, independent of what the kind of the Twitter sphere is talking about, the idea of networking is important and is transformational. Um, and uh, so I think that there's, that, that's definitely kind of maybe an, uh, a less conventional piece of wisdom is to really try and have that network so that you have people in your corner when you need them. Um, otherwise, you're going to go through some of those senior transitions and not really have anyone to everyone's guide you right um you know again part of the um part of the downsides of being in the seo space especially as you get more senior is you might be the only person in the organization like like the you know if you're like a, a head of seo even in-house at a large organization you might be the only seo person in the company right and so it's a very lonely profession from that perspective and so it's really useful to have other people that you can speak to and talk to um to get advice be a sounding board etc very good advice, and that's what pretty much every other guest on this podcast has said, is that it is your network, and you need to invest in that earlier so it's not completely transactional. And, you know, the good thing about having that network is that that network of colleagues, essentially, they all grow. And so by the time you're applying for a certain position, they may have done it, or they have some experience right. that they can share with you. And this comes back down to, you know, applying for a job and the recruiter, whether it's internal, external, gives you a salary range. They usually, I don't know how it is around the world, but in Australia, they give you a range, but they tend to offer you the bottom. And if you don't really know what that role entails, because the job description is probably not written by an SEO, and you don't have a network who is familiar with such roles, then you might get the short end of the deal. Yeah. I mean, salary negotiation is a is a whole other topic, but um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you always want to fight for what you're worth, and and um, I've seen firsthand how impactful the starting salary is, right? And I, I think that the the key insight there is that um, whatever salary you enter an organization on, it anchors your entire trajectory, um, and so it really matters. You know, whatever you negotiate on day one has a compound in, interest over whatever career you're going to have there. So. Um, So when it comes to applying for jobs and career progressions, based on our conversation for the last 10 minutes or so, in your opinion, do job titles matter? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that they matter in the sense that um, they matter in the sense that signaling generally matters, right? In the same way that things like awards or having a well-read blog or something like these things like that they don't they don't directly matter but they absolutely influence the outcome that you're after which is a better job or higher pay right um and so i think that uh yes you absolutely want to try and make sure you're getting the right title that if you're getting a salary bump that you should try and get a title bump too um etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know i think that it can be 
tricky as a manager, right? And I've been in this position myself when people are uh, hungry for pay rises or hungry for title bumps, and you're just trying to hold on for dear life and be like, you can't all be senior consultants like on day two. Um, you know, hang on. Uh, but 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 you know that doesn't mean that you can't advocate for it, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be pushing for it. Um, you know, I think that part of what I hope to do when I shared that skills matrix was create a little bit more transparency maybe or, or hopefully show people that uh, whether or not you use my skills matrix, there should be a clear progression, right? Wherever you work, you should get clarity about, okay, well, what is needed for me to get the next title bump or the next salary bump, right? And, and, and if you don't have clarity about that from your boss, then that's a bad situation, right? Um, you want to try and make that clarity. You want to you try and get clarity so that you can say, okay, I'm now doing all of these things. Uh, you know, I you know uh, now you've got to give me that that's that title bump or the salary bump, um, and so I think that again it's about um, you know I, I think in, in the broader sense it's about trying to advocate for workers' rights and and, be, and better kind of transparency and that kind of you know manager worker relationship, um, which is certainly um, certainly not always in a good good place. No, I really appreciate everything that you've shared so far. I remember first coming across it, it had to be SEO Twitter, your newsletter. Yeah. And then I, I churned through as many of the archives as possible. And then within a week, I told James, my then boss, we need to buy this course. and We need to buy it now. <laughs> and he did well, with credit. Well, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've been on a podcast directly with somebody who's, who's kind of taken my course. Um, so, uh, so that's great. I hope, you, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you find it valuable. It, it, it was eye-opening because like, the stuff in the SEO MBA is similar to an MBA in the sense that it, it's not so much – the end point, it's what you learn along the way and the discussions to be had that you don't usually have in the open. Whereas with a traditional MBA, it's, you know, it's the cohorts, the people you meet who will be the, the other SEO, not CEOs, not SEOs. <laughs> and then from this course that you've created, it's you're sharing all the conversations that everyone wants to have to ask, but are too afraid to do so or don't even know where to begin. And then more importantly, you provide a framework of how to tackle it and and that's amazing and and just the add-on that you created the client management when it comes to agency that that's that stuff is so 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 important so thank you yeah. thank you for creating this thing that clearly was a gap well, well yeah thank you thank you for taking the course and saying nice things about it yeah I'm, my, my <laughs> biggest aspiration someday is that it can become actually mba kind of certified and you can get those final credits for your course <laughs> for your MBA for your MBA program, um, and you can just plug that last semester with the SEO MBA. That would be my that would be my goal. So, if there's any educational institutions listening to the podcast and want to certify my course, <laughs> we'll get that one day. One day, one day, baby steps. Um, one last question, and that's to tie everything. Well, not everything together, but it's it's a follow on. So, we've talked about job titles. We talked about salaries. What's your opinion on years of experience? Does it matter? When does it matter? How do you, as a hiring manager, perhaps cut through that BS of I've been in the industry for ten years or whatever? I'm, I'm when when I run hiring, um, I try and be as blind to kind of industry experience, like years of experience, as possible. But I do try and look for have they been in the situation before, right? Um, so it's kind of two, there's two things that work, right? When you're hiring, I think. Um, the first thing you want to look for is do they directly have experience 
in the kind of situations they're going to be in on day one, right? So can they hit the ground running in some form? Right? Can they be useful on day one? Um, the second thing that you try and screen for is potential, right? Is, okay, after three, six months with appropriate coaching or mentorship or exposure to the problem, can they get where we need them to, to get to, right? Um, and it's those two things that, that really drive um, drive the hiring decision, in, in my, my experience, in my opinion. Um, I think that years of experience, honestly, is often a proxy for some of the soft skills that I talk about, right? Like years of experience is often a proxy for do you have leadership, communication, <laughs> presence? Um, can you put a business plan together? Can you manage your PNL? Um, unfortunately, it's a very bad proxy, right? You can be in, and certainly you can be in the SEO industry for a long time, having never really had exposure to any of those things. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think I think kind of raw years of experience is not not really a good metric or measure in in my mind. Um, and, but I do think that that is a like I said, when what people often mean by that is. Uh, they want more of that executive presence. They want more of that mm. leadership, business understanding, communication skills. Um, and if you get that kind of feedback, if you're applying for a role and somebody says, "Sorry, you just you haven't had enough experience," or um, yeah, you know, you, whatever, or you weren't senior enough. That's another kind of like like kind of coded phrase. You weren't senior enough. Um, often, what that means is just you were lacking a little bit of that kind of that ability to operate at the more senior level of business, which is. Uh, uh, quite, you know, it sounds mystifying, but is really the things that I described. It's can you communicate clearly with senior stakeholders? Can you talk about budgets and like revenue and business KPIs that matter to the wider organization? And do you have leadership and management skills? Right, um, those are the big, big three things um, that people really look for. Obviously, different situations will look for you know additional various blends of things, but those are really the things. So when you hear that phrase, you weren't senior enough, um, or you haven't got enough experience, um, I think that's often a a kind of um, that's a that's a, a an easy way out of giving you the direct feedback, which is actually you know your stuff on, on over here, but I don't trust that you would be able to win over the CTO to get your things done, or I don't believe that you would be able to win over the CEO to get budget for the things you want to get done, um, or whatever that might be. Or perhaps that person does have that, but they haven't really articulated it well in their CV or in the interview, because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, also, I mean, I think um, the the nice thing about executive presence skills is if you have them, they tend to shine through. <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, they're they're quite self reinforcing in that manner. But um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the the other thing I will say, just as we're talking about hiring, is um, you know, a, a lot of people get demoralized by going through the interview process, uh, being interviewed by people that are frankly terrible at interviewing, um, and that is a really bad situation to be in because you are getting feedback from people that you think know what they're talking about and they don't um you know a, a much like executive presence is a thing that has very little kind of formal training for uh hiring and interviewing is a thing that people have almost no formal training right um i, I have no formal training in it right um, i've just done it a lot um and and i'm sure i used to suck at it um so uh, i've gotten better i think i hope uh, over the years but nobody taught me how to do it right and I, I think there's a lot of people that are just in that situation of oh i gotta go hire an seo person but i don't I don't know. I, a, I don't know that much about SEO, so I'm not good at screening for that individual. And B, I'm not very good at hiring, so I'm not going to even like give you good feedback or ask good questions. You know, so um, I think uh, if you are looking for a role and if you are getting some of that feedback, then I'd encourage you to kind of persevere and try not to take any single rejection too seriously. Right? Um, I think you you have to kind of try and gain some confidence, and that comes all the way back to the network. Right? If you can build a supported network around you, then you can have some confidence that um, you've got people in your corner. 
Perfect. Very well way to end this conversation. But from the last takeaway, would it be safe to conclude that it's okay to be interviewing for jobs even if you're not ready or thinking of changing jobs, but it's just a way to stay sharp in the game? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I would advocate for kind of going through the interview and hiring process just to stay sharp, but I would absolutely recommend that you go through the interview and hiring process to keep people honest. Um, I mean, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all for the, 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 uh, the underdog in a sense. Like I think that, um, if you feel like you're underpaid or if you're not getting what you want, then absolutely go back out into the market. It's one of the fastest and easiest ways to, uh, force people to pay you what you're worth is, Hey, I've got another offer over here. And unless you give me what I want, I think I'm out of here. Right. Um, the SEO job market, um, I, I obviously, you know, when we're recording this podcast, we are, um, right in the middle or beginning, um, of a recession. Um, it's not quite clear. Um, hopefully by <laughs> you this, heard it first by here. Time, yeah. By the time you listen to this podcast, hopefully we have a little clarity about that. If the market still exists, um, uh, but even despite that market conditions, um, SEOs have a lot of optionality generally. There's a lot of SEO roles around, um, even in bad markets. And so I'd encourage you to to do some of that work. Say, so, you know what, like if I don't feel like I've got enough either salary, respect, or career growth opportunity where I am right now, um, then go make something happen. Absolutely. Love it, Tom. Thank you so much for your generosity in time and insights. And for those of you who have never heard of the SEO MBA, well, luckily, when you Google it, it actually shows up. So Tom <laughs> yeah, knows his a, stuff. <laughs> that's the power of having that domain name I talked about earlier. Well, thank you so much mm. for having me on the show, Daniel. It was, uh, it was yeah, it was, uh, really appreciate it. And um, thank you for taking the course. That's also great. Like I said, it's the first time I think that somebody has been on the course and then invited me on their podcast. So um, hopefully not the last time, but uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Likewise. All right, folks, so that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the very end of Dreading Sundays, and I will catch you on the next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay sharp.